Hello beautiful people, I'm super excited, I'm elated, my mind is blown, I'm flabbergasted, I'm dumbfounded, and I don't know what to say. Guys, I'm super happy, I'm having a guest, you guys already know, and trust me, he's very important to me, like, I've followed him for years now, and he actually inspired me into podcasting into podcasting for singers anyway and i'm talking about no other person but chris johnson chris johnson has been teaching voice has been a vocal coach for over 10 years and he has a podcast i guess it started around that period right cool yeah i mean the podcast probably did begin about then didn't it and i, I do i do obviously recall names that come up right, in sort of in cyberspace you know like i remember seeing your name in cyberspace like across the years so it's actually really good for me to also catch up with you it's been it's really cool and so um but but five years before that or maybe six years before that i began vocal coaching in 2008 uh, 2007 and then i qualified in 2008 so it's yeah it's like 15 years now wow that's a lot of experience thank you so much for honoring our invitation chris i want us to go straight into it i'm so excited i'm so hyped okay I want us to talk on a topic I believe most musicians and artists can relate to and that is experiencing plateaus in our musical journeys. So have you had this experience? How did you move through it? Like I can't wait to hear all about it. Uh, me myself, yeah sure, plenty of times. Uh, plenty of times, um, and that was that was you know one of the reasons why I end up ended up training uh, my own voice anyway. Is ra rather I didn't experience a plateau, but I experienced a uh, a major problem. Right, so what that meant was um, actually as going from being a professional singer but with no training. So that kind of makes me a professional because I earn money. But it makes me a beginner because uh, uh, technically I didn't have a clue what I was doing or <laughs> how I was singing. Um, so just just beginning voice training at that point meant actually that was a point of progress for me because I obviously went from no yeah. tra no training to training. Right, that's gonna that's gonna stimulate progress. Um, but after a while, in the way that I was training, the way that I was training was I guess fairly narrow in the way that it worked in the way that it viewed stuff so inevitably there were points when i experienced plateaus i'd be very excited about the progress i would hit a plateau and i would spend a bit of time at a plateau um on my own until i uh, went searching for advice and input from um different coaches uh, and so whenever they showed me something that i had never thought of doing before um that's when there were moments when progress was really really stimulated again like within within a week uh, suddenly i was moving again but what what it took in in those times was was for me to try something actually a little bit off the wall a little bit strange or something I thought that I shouldn't do was actually the thing that actually made me move forward. So th those moments in my life, and I remember the performances straight afterwards, like I remember having the input or the session on like a Thursday and then on the Saturday performance, I was just like, wow, 
Oh my goodness, my voice is just like all over the place. I'm, lo- I'm all over the place yeah. in a good way, you know. So I, I, I have such fond memories of of busting plateaus. You know, Chris, it's really comforting to hear this from you. Like sometimes we feel all alone. We feel like we are the only ones these things happen to. You're just stuck. You do not know how to proceed from this point. You know you've moved from a particular level, but right now you do not know where forward is. You just know you are stuck. Yeah? So what challenges do you see singers face at this stage in your life? What are the challenges they face at this point in time? Yeah, one of the big challenges they face is is um identity. Now some this is what I think because Sometimes what we need to balance as vocal coaches is um, we're balancing the ability to to put some kind of technique into someone's life so that they actually can go to every gig and at least mm. be able to um, predict what's going to happen in that gig. You know, like I know how I use my voice. It's not a lottery. Um, so so that, that makes the, the performances a lot more consistent. So that's often the reason why those intermediate singers are coming in. They want consistency. Um, yeah. And so what, what they're balancing with that is they might then begin a, a lot of voice training. And what that tends to do is balance them out, you know, sort of, which is in some way like a good thing. Balancing someone out means... Um, they can sort of avoid the break in the middle of their voice and go from low to high with less cracks or less problems. But there is a, there is a possibility of that balancing them out to the point where actually, you know, you lose some of your individuality or vocal identity, uniqueness. Um, and certainly in the singers that I work with, which are usually like original artists and songwriters and people like that, um, they're not striving for perfection. Um, in fact, what they really want to have is imperfection within the recordings. It's really the imperfection that that sells their records and connects them to people emotionally. Um, so I think a lot of intermediate singers are really one of the challenges they're facing is in their relationship with the vocal coach and who they train with um, is is probably finding that lovely fine balance between technique but but preserving identity and, and imperfection in some way. So basically the challenges intermediate singers face when it comes to vocal training and moving past their plateau is balancing technique and their identity for me it was a positive stuff because i used to be the belty shouty and husky kind of singer it had become an identity that everybody knew me with but when i ventured into vocal training i had to do away with all that so yeah it kind of changed my identity but it was for the better but there are some people who are known with of course good qualities that people enjoy and people like and they are actually scared of losing them, probably why they are not venturing into vocal training. So I believe one of the challenges is actually finding a vocal coach who is able to preserve your identity and instill in you proper technique. Yeah, exactly. And certainly I think that my voice training, like my identity, um, 
it it actually grew from voice training but i but it didn't grow it didn't grow necessarily from the initial voice training i had that that that's that balanced me out which i really enjoyed it meant i could sing a lot more songs with a lot less trouble um but i don't mm. think what it gave me was a very a, a very good dynamic in my voice or an ability to be soft and loud and all these things it just gave me balance so um i was happy with that for a few years and then i started to realize oh my recordings are not very interesting you know so i was i was kind of thinking about that <laughs> so what i what i kind of did was actually a lot of the training that i did after that uh, and sort of my self searching was um was to um explore the extremes in my voice and do some of the more strange things um character and and even learning how to you know we obviously get told not to shout um when we're singing yeah. but on the other hand we don't want to lose our ability to actually s to call loudly like uh and i i lost that ability in my training um it balanced me out so much i couldn't shout across a room for you know mm. to to call my friends because it would hurt my voice so i realized at that point i was like mm i've trained myself out of some things that are that are actually good yeah. for my identity you know so for me like you i think i gained identity um the more i trained um but for artists who are already selling records or are already known for a certain thing um uh then we 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 sort of get into balancing trying to preserve them rather than alter them so i'm really happy yeah. with the big change i went through but yeah somebody somebody might not be i totally agree because i can relate to it after some years of training up i discovered i lost my ability to call as well because formerly i was the shouty the belty kind of singer and now I'm trying to balance out and trying to reach out without shouting, without yelling. And trust me, there are songs that demand such type of expression. So I would have, I would need to learn how to build properly or call out properly. So I totally understand. And many singers are faced with this challenge also where they venture into vocal training and so much balance is brought into their thinking that they lose some certain qualities. I think it's proper for them to go back to learning because that was exactly what I did. So, uh, what advice would you give to singers who are stuck, obviously, and they're, they do not know what technique to learn now. They're just, okay, what do I learn? What do I need to improve on? So, what is your advice for those kinds of singers? Mm. Well, it's a it's a great question, and it, oh yeah, like you all know, it, it happens all the time. So if new tech, if well, if if techniques or things that you're trying are just not working, um, then it's possible that of course those just those things, those exercises or techniques, um, are, are not relevant for what's what the problem is, what the thing is that is in your way. That's the, that's basically the simplest answer. Um, and that's where you'd have to try with the help of a coach. You'd have to try and have a better idea of what the problem is you're facing. Um, because if you can do that, then that means you'll be able to make better choices. And so um, 
that's what I do in a lot of my coaching is I, I put a bit more time into assessing the singer, finding out more about their voice, um, searching in parts of their voice they might never have been to so I can get a, a lot more information. And then we can go, okay, so instead of trying to throw mud at a wall and seeing what sticks, instead we can actually make a better decision as to go, okay, so it looks like unusually um, you're going to gain some benefits from whatever it might be. It might be breathing, it might be vocal training, it might even be just a posture change, who knows? But it's hard to assess yourself as a singer like that because you don't know where to look. Yeah. Your coaches do. So that's an obvious one. Um, however, what singers find, even when they find a coach to help them, they often find that still nothing works, which is really common, right? I'm still in this plateau. Yeah. And I don't know why I can't move forward. And that's often because the person's pattern, their singing pattern, their way of doing it, and this is often tied to their aesthetic desire, like how they sound in their own head, in their own mm. voice, right? That can block yeah. that can block changes, completely block it. So it's not necessarily that that person is consciously blocking anything that comes in, but we have an identity in our head. We like the way we sound and we're used to it. And it, it is essentially who we are. So um, that's, that's going to be a priority in that person. And it doesn't let changes in very easily. So one way around that is, is basically to build self-awareness of, of how we do stuff. And a lot of singers are not quite used to looking inward. They just sing and it doesn't work, but they don't notice much about the nuances of how it feels in their body, how it feels in their mouth, how they're perceiving it and what they're thinking about when they first start singing how they even take a breath before they start. Maybe they pull this in or push that out. Like who knows which parts of the anatomy like are working in whatever way, but the more they know about that stuff and can be in a calm uh, setting to just, it's okay to just notice very small things that go in the body, then we've got an opportunity to kind of build a picture of how that person actually approaches singing and then if we spot something, we can we can interrupt it. Now, one, one thing that I could tell you as an example of that is um, when I ask singers who are in a plateau, what are you thinking about when you sing? Like, what's the first thing you think when you sing? And if I hear this answer, I know we're in trouble. is <laughs> if, if the only thing they're thinking about is getting the notes right is oh. in tune i know we are screwed <laughs> because <laughs> nothing else will make it in no technique will will stick around long enough because their their conscious mind is completely full up with the fear of going out of tune and that doesn't allow anybody to move forward ever it just keeps them in this horrible place. So what we have to do with those singers is 
part of the instruction would be, hey, look, forget about the pitches. Like if they come out a bit flat, who cares? What what doesn't matter? Mm. What you need to do is to free up your conscious mind to other bits of information. Think about something else, apply something else and just accept what is going to come out of your mouth. And if that's a little bit flat, it doesn't really matter because we can work it in different ways. But what you often find is the singer stops thinking about whether they're in tune, realizes, well, they're still in tune um, without having to think about it. And then they suddenly realize, oh, I've been I've been managing my voice so closely for so, so long mm. and, and for no point. So um, that's one of the reasons um, why singers get in plateaus is because the what they're thinking about when they're singing is just not, it's just not necessary. It's taking up too much room. You're right, Chris. You're right. Singers come to you with a pre-notion. They already diagnose themselves and they feel like they already know what is wrong with their singing. I think singers just present themselves as patients to doctors, that is the vocal coaches, and have the vocal coaches diagnose them because they come to you with these notions and they are so sure and they are all about trying to fix it. Imagine when a singer comes to you with, they just want to fix it. When they feel when they fix the flat notes, everything will be fine. So yeah, it's a huge hindrance. It's a huge hindrance. So how do we help them break out of this? I'm sure you've had um, a student or someone you've coached and helped them break through this plateau. So how do you, how do we help them break out of it? Provided there isn't any anything sort of wrong with health, because health always makes like the the voice more difficult to function, right? So when things don't move forward or they always experience the same problem, we sometimes have to think about our lifestyle. Like, you know, maybe there's, maybe their voice, their speaking voice is a bit rough too. And, and so they might be experiencing um, something like, you know, stomach acid problems or reflux problems, but yeah, reflux. Yeah. Provided all that stuff is kind of, let's say that that's not the case. Um, I often find that singers, like variety is so important in, for so many reasons because it's it's literally the way the body learns. Now, that's counterintuitive because when most people want to get good at a song, they sing the song a lot. But when somebody actually uh, sings a, a great variety of songs and in a variety of dynamics with a variety of different register sounds maybe some songs will be very falsetto some will be more belty or more chest voice like and some will be um, happy and warm and some will be angry and bitey Um, sometimes um, you know you train a, a rotation of exercises so if you've done the same exercise for 12 months I'd recommend just throwing it away for a bit like an an exercise probably doesn't need to stay with you for that long um so variety is really important and stories that come out the reason why this sort of led me down that path was it's very common and actually there's a particular singer i can remember who was always singing blues and belty blues right and and she was pretty damn good at it now what she did was um there was this point where she had to sing a performance with her sister and their performance 
was German classical music, right? Oh my goodness. Right. And I'm like, oh, yeah. she, she said to me, hey, we're going to be working on like Bach for <laughs> for the next eight weeks. Um, and it was just a casual concert. Wow. You know, it's just like her sister and her singing at like a 60th birthday, like a family birthday. So it wasn't a pro performance yeah. or anything. But what we ended up doing was um, singing very differently for six or eight weeks. And then she, um, what we did, we had it. We had a session after the performance. So she said, "Oh yes, the the performance went okay." She was like, "Well, it's classical, so you know, it's not really my bag." Um, but what she did say was, "But I've been going back to my contemporary music and my blues," and I'm like, "Oh, so this is a lot easier. This is really easy." Yeah. And it was like, you know, everything about it was great. So what that meant was was um, not to be confused that classical singing makes contemporary singing better. It doesn't. No. But no. what she experienced was singing classically for like eight weeks was just an opportunity for variety. It was just something different. And that is so important. When singers change teachers, they often think the teacher has the answer because when they change teachers, they progress again. And that, again, no. that might not be true. That might just be because you've gone from... He brought in the kind of variety. Yeah, it's just variety because then you might find actually after six weeks with that new teacher, you're back on the plateau again. <laughs> because, <laughs> because variety has done its job and now you need yeah. variety. Otherwise, progress, progress doesn't happen. So that's what I think is with any technical problem is to come away from it and come back to it is to include variety yeah. and i don't get my singers to sing classical like i don't know any classical but what we might do is is we might use um register sounds like head voice that would be used in classical but we would use them more frequently in some vocal exercises and and maybe way above the range they would normally sing that provides the same kind of variety without me having to sort of tell to teach them classical. Let's, yeah yeah because they're just going to run a mile from me <laughs> they're going to run away so and i don't know any <laughs> classical repertoire at all so apart from nesson <laughs> um so so that's what i think is is for me the name of the variety. game variety yeah in that in that particular case there was nothing they did differently at all um, apart from take six or eight weeks out to sing in essentially what is a different register um, and with a different setup. So for that person, it was important um, for their whole, I guess, their whole body and their whole singing system um, to to uh, be able to move in different ways. And it's it's a bit like being a it's a bit like being a professional weightlifter. Like if you do bench press. Yeah. If you do bench press a lot, um, yes, you do get good at pushing a heavy weight up. But over time, professional bench pressers will tell you that they have to do the opposite movement. They have to do pulling, lots and lots of pulling. Um, because what pulling does to the shoulder is it keeps it in line so that actually when a joint is working well and it's in line, it actually produces much more force. So bench presses you know arguably do more pulling than they do pushing in in the amount of volume so that's that's like a real world example and a parallel in sport um where 
um yeah where variety is 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 this is the success and it is counterintuitive to what you to what you think you need to do but one thing i've noticed for um uh for success stories of singers particularly is uh one apart from having variety is when they actually subscribe to a slightly greater goal than they have already and so i for example i might i might work with quite a lot of songwriters who um do a lot of singing in the studio um but singing in the studio is is in in some ways a little bit simpler because you can stop and start yeah you can kind of you can sing a bit you can record it you can chuck it away but what they don't get is the um they don't get the ability to progress because they don't do as much live singing not enough live singing so yeah. when i have those singers go okay i've booked myself a gig of my original music and it's going to be one hour of my original stuff Whoa. and i'm going to have to sing it in one obviously one take this isn't the studio um mm. they've they've experienced an incredible improvement and a plateau bust in their voice because now that's the variety as well is that they now have to train differently they now have to rehearse differently they now have to do different exercises they have to work on stamina um uh, rather than being able to sing one line at a time so it, it all kind of parallels to the variety but but what it probably comes down to is what stimulates somebody doing variety is that they have a change in their goal so a lot of the success stories of my singers have been because they have altered their goals they've put an extra challenge into their goal um in some way and that has led to variety it's led to training differently so let's talk about vocal health chris africa is it's a very funny place trust me you would not believe the horrible things we do to our voices so let's talk vocal health how do singers or rather intermediate singers go ahead to pursue after learning new techniques and still preserve good vocal health through plateaus uh, much much better speaking of balance chris when we do variety i've had students come and especially one he was like he's okay he was working on improving his head voice getting a better stronger head voice and we began to do exercises then he came with complaints like ever since he started doing his exercises he discovered he began to lose his low notes he began to lose notes in his chest voice and i was like it's normal for that to happen and i explained and i explained so what i'm trying to say now is how do we put a balance okay how do we know let's not move too far okay let's know okay we are going upward to this direction we are changing directions and going upward but how do we know when to come back and say let's work on this other part because leaving this other part feels like we are losing yeah that's a that's a great question actually and it is pretty common for um for people who would sing high for example and if they sing high all day it's not unusual and certainly not a major issue if you would say um lose one or two notes from your very lowest range 
So, you know, for, for example, when I'm when I wake up in the morning, um, every day, I usually sing down to E flat two, right? And that's just kind of like how my baritone voice works. Now that is every day. If I'm ill, it's lower, <laughs> right? But usually it's E flat two. And by the end of the day, when I've been singing um, high repertoire, because I do sing quite a lot of high repertoire, and obviously I teach a lot of a lot of people throughout the day. Generally, my E flat two turns into F two or F sharp two. Um, but it returns every single day at the bottom of my voice, right? So that's that's one of the, the the ways to kind of monitor what's going on is if you wake up the same every day, then what you're just experiencing is how how all the muscles are just shifting towards what you're doing across the course of the day, i.e. you're singing higher. Um, but when you wake up in the morning, it's always the same bottom note every day then across a period of time your voice is not actually depreciating it's not it's not um fading out and it's it's you're not going to experience long-term problems so understanding your own range every day in the morning is actually um a quite important measurement for you to understand yeah how if you're doing something too much um, and you need to reconfigure. It's the same with the top notes as well. If you end up working very a lot on your low notes, but then you start to um, lose uh, two, three, or even four or five top notes, that's again an, an, another cause for you to change your behaviour and include um, and include a variety again of bottom and top in both parts. Um, or in uh, every day in in your voice training so that's that's what i think but i think as well when somebody goes to their upper voice if they go to the upper voice or the head voice with some strain as well um, they might again find it even harder to come down because tension in in the system in the throat and in the tongue uh, tension can really keep us in higher pitches. So what we want to be sure of is that um, when we're singing in any register, that we're optimizing it to the point where it's the lowest effort. It's, it's never going to be no effort, but it's going to be the lowest sort of extraneous effort or the lowest unnecessary effort to achieve that sound. We just have to be sure that we're doing that. And one of the ways I do that is to make sure that I use exercises that are based on resonance because resonance uh, is you know essentially the way that your voice is boosted by the shapes in your throat and your mouth um, so when resonance is good and we get that primarily through vowels um, when resonance is good then the amount of extra effort that's not necessary tends to fall away um, and then each register that you're working on um, uh, is usually stronger without you having to make any more effort and they tie together much better in the break as well you lose less notes on the bottom and top um, on, uh, on your behavior so that's what i tend to do is just make sure make sure that that's that's what i'm doing is i'm supporting those new changes in a voice with with resonance um strategies basically you see chris i tell singers every time that you are like a planet that has not been explored and you need to take out time to explore yourself as a singer you should be able to tell what are the kind of things that happen when i sing in a particular kind of way 
this singing journey is it's it's all about self-exploration self-awareness okay what happens when i do this what happens when i do that it would really help out and trust me that is how you find out your unique self because you know what happens within when you sing in a kind of way how your voice sounds when you do some kind of things so take out time singers take out time moving to the next question for intermediate singers who are uh, hoping to break through plateaus and move forward what are the qualities you're supposed to look at when choosing a vocal coach mm, yeah that's a, that's an interesting question um and uh to kind of kind of go off on a tangent a bit because um and this kind of makes the point as to what what we should look for in a coach and I, i'm talking myself from the point of view of like singing like contemporary music like i'm not talking about classical at all i'm talking about pop music yeah, yeah. popular styles yeah. right um but a lot of the greatest artists in history didn't have a coach for a long time until they, you know, long after they formed their vocal identity and and their styles, right? They didn't have a coach. And I think that was a great thing that they didn't have a teacher. I really do. Um, and I'm not trying to put us all out of business, Victor. That's not my, that's not my purpose here. <laughs> but it's, I, I think it's important for artists and singers to have a lot of autonomy in how they do things you know it's it's up to them to kind of um, take risks and i don't mean risks as in risking their voice health but taking risks yeah. in terms of the experimentation of even sounds that you think would be so weird that 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 you would never use that sound but you do it anyway just to see what's there what's what does that sound do what is it and and it becomes experimental and you know everybody all the greatest artists in history have had the opportunity to find something truly amazing on their own with no input right um which is yeah. i think is important so what that what point that makes is that we spoke about this earlier is that the co coaching can have the opposite effect on singers you know we might think that coaching um would improve singers and it does it really really does but the wrong kind of kind of coaching for that singer would balance them out too much like we spoke about earlier right um yeah too yeah. much technique and not enough expression so what what, what i think singers in pop music should be looking for um is is uh, to try and find a teacher that isn't that is allowing them to explore that is giving them things to do that feel explorational that feel experimental so there's some structure there's a little bit of like warming up which is structured and there's a bit of like okay so if you've got a particular problem we'll do a particular exercise for that that is structure yeah. right but then what we yeah. should we should be doing with a coach is going okay where's the playtime where's 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 when can we get rid of all structure and just give them a vocal playground to go in and go okay i'm going to give you some very basic instructions i'm going to give you these weird character voices to do and we're going to explore how we can put that into songs and that might be like you know 
you might sing a sad song happy you might sing a happy song sad um sad. you know what you're doing is you're doing the opposite thing to what you think you should do but within that you find incredible things when you come out of structure or you come out of expectation and you go into play you go into breaking rules and so my that's my top tip is that if ever the lessons feel incredibly structured yes that, that i think that might be cool for somebody who's in classical because classical singers they have to fit with an aesthetic you like, have a lot of rules yeah. yeah you have a lot of rules and stylistic rules it's not like you can just sing in any color on the no no, no 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 you're right it's like but in pop there in popular styles the rules are out of the window there is no rules <laughs> so if yeah. there are too many rules in a in a voice lesson then it's already not fitting with the environment of popular styles so so what we have to do is yeah we have to do look for a coach who's willing to allow you to experiment and find something but but be really good at providing you with um, the tools to be unstructured to discover things and so we don't just let people just go off and do anything we we give we give them a, a, we almost give them a set of like a very loose instructions and and then say tell me what you find out from that in one week like i don't mind however you mix that up just mix it up but so you give them the tiniest bit of structure so they're not just kind of flailing around not knowing what to do but but it, but really there's no specific outcome to your exercise it, it's really about what they end up discovering The red flags in exploration, I think, are the things that allow you to explore with the least amount of impact on your voice, right? And there's a there's a couple of things there. Um, one thing would be hydration. So hydration and a lack of it puts more effort into your singing system. So almost every person who's been researched uh, on hydration um, and reduced hydration and then they tell you how it is to sing everybody says oh it feels so much more effort and the effect on the vocal cords is the chances of injury are quite are a bit quite a bit higher when when you're sort of generally dehydrated so it's it's needless to say that drinking water obviously helps that and drinking water steadily throughout the day some people carry around five liters of water with them. That's just just, just way too much. Um, <laughs> and some people are obsessed with uh, hydration. But what what I think is important is just kind of most people, most singers tend to sort of benefit between one and a half and two and a half liters of water a day. But what whatever amount of water you drink, the way that you breathe matters a lot to your hydration and so a lot of i think sort of i think certainly in the uk we're quite prone to things like snoring and breathing uh, breathing through our mouth a lot all day through the mouth. yes which you know you can you could drink five liters of water per day um if you if you wanted to but it isn't going to make much difference if you're breathing through your mouth all day um, because your body will be hydrated but your vocal folds will be dry would be dry yes so 
I, I think I think really hydration and how your body manages hydration through through nasal breathing is actually re- a really good way and a good tip for anybody who often feels like their voice is their voice is dry because that is a red flag for trying to do things mm. like belting. Yeah, you know, I wouldn't belt if my voice felt dry. I wouldn't try it. I wouldn't go to my highest note if my voice felt dry or my highest song. So that's one of the red flags. Um, vocal load is another. So if your if your voice feels like it, um, the the tone of it changes, or it feels tired, um, they're two red flags. And the reason why I say if your voice tone feels like it changes throughout the day, then because some people don't really perceive like tiredness, they're not they're not on that level of awareness to notice that their voice feels tired, but they do notice that it sounds a bit more airy as they get throughout the day. Yeah slightly rougher and what that usually points towards is that the the amount of voice use in that day is getting quite high um, and if vo- voice use is high then singing is obviously extra voice use so we're kind of loading on top of load um, and many jobs are vocal jobs you know like intermediate singers they might be great singers and they might be getting paid on the weekend for it but they might still be in a day job nine to five in the week so thinking about your job as if it's in customer service or hospitality in sales maybe you're an instructor or a teacher of some kind or you just have to communicate a lot in your job and then you might have a social life where you're very social and you love talking to people um, and friends then some of the red flags are the, the feeling of tiredness and the change of tone throughout those days. So as much as you might really want to sing that expressive song at the end of a busy day at work, I'd say wait for a less busy day at work um, so that you don't overload your voice um, with with that. So I, I think that's quite important to understand what we're exposing our voices to every day. and. Uh, and try and, and fatigue. put too much on, yeah. Chris has said a lot. Guys, you have to be watchful. There's a whole lot of self-awareness when it comes to singing and vocal training. You have to look inwardly, always. You have to be able to say what exactly is going on when you sing in a, a kind of way. Our time is far spent. Thank you so much, Chris. Talking to you has been eye-opening and refreshing. <laughs> I'm going to sleep on this. Yeah, I'm going, I'm going to sleep on this. It's just, it's, it's, it's a huge one. Thank you so much, Chris, for coming. Yeah, thanks. This has been really fun to catch up, really fun to chat. Um, so yeah, uh, the, the Naked Vocalist is something that, um, uh, a podcast that anybody can get on Spotify. Um, we are we are adding new episodes. We hit, we added a new episode kind of recently, um, so we'll be adding new episodes to that. But there's already like nearly sixty or sixty there, I think. Yeah. So there's plenty. If you've never heard of us, there's plenty to get through uh, if you'd like to listen. Um, and I I also my my coaching is um, is here in the UK, but I I teach internationally online. But one of the big things that I'm doing right now is uh, I've created a teacher training. A platform and program called Teach Voice the amazing job um, and very privileged job of, of helping teachers to to upskill and 
to learn more and and to feel supported and also connect with with a really nice relevant bunch of people uh, where where your own progress uh, can improve so yeah uh, from the podcast to my teaching to my teach what takes up my time right now and it, I'm, ve- I'm very lucky to be able to do that